Hello and welcome to episode 62 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. This week, we want to pick up on the second part of the additional insights to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Those things that will draw you into the spiritual realm and show you how to walk in who Jesus created you to be. Let's do it. Then in chapter 2, he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, talking about Satan and demonic powers, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, that was once, that's pre-salvation, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in those trespasses, because we accepted Jesus, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. Notice this. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenlies. Heavenly places, the heavenlies. Epiraneus, in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So do you catch that? Not only did God raise Jesus from the dead and place him far above all principality and power and might and dominion. He's the greatest power. He's the greatest authority over all things. But he's put all those things under his feet, which is the body on the earth, because he has raised us up together and made us sit together with him in those heavenly places. Heavenlies. The word places, again, was added at the, by the hands of the translators to try to qualify. But it's the heavenlies. We're operating in the heavenlies. Third heaven authority. Then he ends chapter 2 by talking about us becoming one. There's no more Jew and Gentile. There's no distinction other than the new creation in Christ Jesus. It's that one new man by the Spirit of God. Then, as we go into the third chapter, beginning with verse 8, he says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this is Paul, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. They, it may seem unsearchable, unfathomable, the wealth of who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that is revealing these things to us. It has all been placed within us, in our spirits, which house the capacity to contain the Holy Spirit, who is a third person of the Trinity, and the knowledge that is in him. But it is released. The logos of God's word and logic is now released by rhema, one line upon another, one revelation from another. And that's revelation knowledge 
coming to us. And then in verse 9, and to make all people see what is the fellowship of the mystery. The word mystery there, he also mentioned in chapter 1, is a Greek to mysterios. And, and what that term means is things, secret things that are being revealed. It's not secret things that nobody can ever know. It's those things of the spiritual realm, the secrets of heaven and of the kingdom and salvation and the spiritualities and the heavenlies is being released to us. In secret societies, you have to be a member in order to understand the secret things of that society. So once we come into the kingdom, he starts revealing the mysteries to us. But notice these mysteries, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent, notice, because we're coming up on heavenlies again, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Do you hear that? The mysteries are being made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, in the heavenlies. We are releasing through all of these heavenlies the wisdom of God, the intent of God through salvation, of who we should be as new creations, the things that have been given to us, all of the mysteries are being released through the church. Now, when he says to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, in this context, he's talking about the angelic hosts. The angels are finding out what God intended and what God can do, not only in the church age to the whole of everyone that receives Jesus in the body of Christ, but also in any particular point, any individual God's plans and purposes for their life and to be released through them. The angels find that out. And the angels then have the responsibility placed upon them to actually help those things come to pass. That's one of the aspects of third heaven authority that is so dynamic that when we realize these things and we release those mysteries, we reach into the kingdom of heaven, I'm talking about the heavenlies, and we release them into the earth. At that point, the angels hearken unto the word of God, even as it's coming out of us in faith, through our mouths, through our belief, through our actions, all the things that we are doing for God, the heavenly places. Then he ends chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole or every family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, the glory of God in your life, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. The Amplified Version does a very good job that talks about the indwelling of their of the Holy Spirit in your innermost being and in your personality, who you are. He's flowing through you that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. And he stops, pauses, and he says, to know the love of Christ which passes 
knowledge. All of this is enveloped in the love of God. The love of God has planned it out and is operating through us. But how can you know something that is unknowable? Well, the Greek text literally says to know experientially the love of God which passes learned academic intellectual knowledge. So in other words, we experience these things as we walk them out in God. Now, that's kind of the end of the doctrinal part. Like I said, I just skipped around, hit some highlights. When we get into the practical aspect, he talks about walking and all the things that have been given to us, walking in unity in chapter 4, the spiritual gifts, um, the new man. He talks about chapter 5, walking in love, walking in light, walking in wisdom. But now when we get to chapter 6, we kind of end things. I want to jump down to verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Become strengthened in what the Lord has given you in the power of his might. So we receive all of the empowerment that we need, all the strength that we need from the Lord. It's not natural strength. It's not strength of the flesh or the arm. Uh, It is not strength of the intellect, but it's strength of the Lord. That is what is unconditional and persistent. It never changes. It's always enough. Why? Because in verse 11, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, part of third heaven authority, as I mentioned earlier, there's not only the loosing, but there's the binding. The loosing are the creative aspects of taking everything that God has given to us and begin to create our own environment, to create heaven on earth, to create the will of God in manifestation here in this life. The binding aspect is the blocking of those things that are antichrist and are opposed to that, the things of the world, the things of the enemy, the devil. And that's why he says here that we stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. See, it's, it has nothing to do with anything of the natural realm, uh, whether it's, it's an, uh, somebody that's opposing you, a family member, uh, a friend, uh, whether it's something that is sociological in, in the nation. Those things are not what we are warring against, even though they may be problematic. There may be laws and conditions that are totally against God's will for our lives, but it all starts in the spiritual realm. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but where do we wrestle in this third heaven authority according to everything that I have shared with you thus far from Ephesians? Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, in this text, this portion, he's talking about those that work for the devil, 
the wiles of the devil. In other words, demonic spirits. There are different levels of demonic spirits, just like there are different levels of angels. There are archangels, and then there are uh, warrior angels, and different categories under those archangels, worship angels, um, messenger angels, guardian angels. But here, demonic spirits is the same thing. Principalities is that arch, the type, the, the headship, and then powers, and then rulers of the darkness of this age, not the world, but this age, this system, this order, this realm around us, and against, notice this again, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenlies. So we are operating against these wicked spirits in the heavenlies. And in the heavenlies is where we have not only all of our blessings, but also where we take the authority, third heaven authority, viewpoint from heaven itself being high above all of these principalities and powers. And then in verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now, that was interesting to me because, again, in heaven, when I was in the throne room and the Lord said, launch your warfare from here, looking down to the earth, the first thought that came through my mind is, now, wait a minute, I'm supposed to have armor on when I do spiritual warfare. But I'm up here in heaven. Why do I need armor? And the Lord just cleared that up very quickly and talked about how that the armor is part of our creation. It's within us. So in other words, it's not something that we have to take and try to put on that's external or is separate from us, and we pick it up and try to add it to us. No, it is something that has already been given to us, but the put-on part is by accepting the understanding and the revelation of that part of our creation and using that against the trickery of the enemy. So he says, having girded your waist with truth. In other words, the understanding and the revelation that in God lies all truth, even if physical facts are opposed to it, the truth counteracts those physical facts. The truth of God's word and of who we are in him, it protects us. It becomes the belt around our waist that girds up uh, all of the apparel, and, and we hang our sword off of it, etc. Then he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Again, the understanding of the revelation that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, and that we have been made right with him, and that our holiness is because the spirit of holiness has come unto us. See, all these things counteract the enemy's attack and the fear and the condemnation and the tactics that he used to try to stop us from doing the things that God has given unto us and enjoying them. Then he says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel, the good news, 
the understanding of the reality of that, that we accept that we are saved and nothing the enemy tells us or tries to throw against us can remove that. We are at peace with God and we have authority and the power of God is going to back us up. Verse 16, above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Everything the enemies can throw against us, this shield of faith now can deflect because our faith is above the demon's activity. Our faith in spiritual authority, in all these spiritual things, now can be released and deflect those attacks. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. That is the understanding. I'm talking about when you actually grasp it and own it, that you are saved and nothing can take that away from you. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You have the Word of God to use as that double-edged sword. And you can speak it out of your mouth. You can release it in faith. And it cuts the enemy to shreds. Verse 18, praying. Praying. In other words, one of the main ways that we release all these things is by speaking against those onslaughts. Let me tell you a story. Maybe I have previously. But the Lord took me to third heaven one time. And he showed me this revelation room. The reason I'm sharing that right now is because the armor of God is all about revelation and understanding of who we are in him. He showed me this large building, and it was circular. We were standing in front of it. Jesus, I think he was on my left side, if I remember right, and there was this porch, he steps going up into the front door. So we went to the front door and he opened it. We went into that original room, kind of like a foyer, an entry. And the Lord stopped there and he said, this is the salvation door. This is how you get into the Revelation building. He said, Revelation is not just a knowledge, a concept, an idea. Revelation is an area. Now see, trying to explain these things right now in physical terms is a little difficult. Uh, But the concept, he was saying, it's an area that you enter into when you really understand, when it's the Holy Spirit reveals that and quickens it to you. He said people, when they accept Jesus, talking about himself, They get saved, and they occupy the room. It's not that they just believe in salvation. They have to occupy. You take ownership, you occupy, you have dominion, authority is released, you're in that. Then he went down to the other end of the room and opened the door, and the hall went straight forward and across and through that large building, but there were also circular halls. It kind of reminded me of perhaps of the Pentagon in Washington. It's, uh, 
he pointed down one of the halls to another room, and he said, that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit room. He pointed another one, and he said, that's the healing room. And he began to go through and point out love and, and grace, all these different things, these different rooms. They all are revelations. And he said, you have to go into those rooms, take ownership, take dominion, and use authority, and it becomes yours. That's how revelation works. That is how the armor of God works. Now, the reason I've gone through these specific teachings, these certain dynamics, insights, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, is to get our thinking about spiritualities in the heavenlies, but to realize that it means that we then learn by the Spirit of God on the inside of us how to take all of those things and release them through our natural lives. It's to enhance our natural lives. It's to release the kingdom of heaven through our natural lives. That's the way the body of Christ was intended to work. Jesus created us this way. I'll say it a different way. God created us in Christ Jesus for good works, for the manifestation of the kingdom through our lives. The more we learn that in operating these spiritual dynamics, then the greater effect we have, the greater impact we have, the greater the joy and satisfaction we have in our natural lives. And Jesus is revealing himself through us. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, that you would reveal these spiritualities in the heavenlies and all that we have been created to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, release that revelation unto the people now. Holy Spirit, catch us away. Show us how to operate as third heaven creations functioning in third heaven realities and manifesting third heaven authority in this life. We thank you, Lord Jesus. I really encourage you to subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson. You don't want to miss any of the future episodes. God bless.